Hello and welcome to the Swine Disease Reporting System. My name is Edison Magalhães here at Iowa State University. Hello, my name is Giovanni Trevisan. Hello, Hello, Daniel Linhares at Iowa State. Hello, Guilherme César at Iowa State University. So this new face here in our team uh, is Dr. Guilherme César. Dr. Guilherme César, welcome on board. Uh, he's the new member of the SDRS team, so it's a pleasure to have you here. So today we're going to cover uh, the SDRS findings for the month of April 2022 in this report. And we have as, as our special guest, uh, Dr. Dustin Odekoven. Dr. Dustin Odekoven, he currently serves as a chief veterinarian at the National Pork Board. He's also the president of the United States Animal Health Association. And also he's an adjunct faculty at the South Dakota State University. Dr. Odekoven, he's a key U.S. animal health leader and has also previously served as a South Dakota assistant state veterinarian for six years and a South Dakota state veterinarian for 13 more years. And he also was the interim secretary of the South Dakota State, uh, Department of Agriculture. Dr. Odekoven, thanks for, for joining us and accepting our invitation. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, really, I'm glad to be here on the podcast today. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I like to listen to it regularly. So uh, thanks for having me on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Odkoven. It's a pleasure to have you here in our podcast. So before we start our discussion, Giovanni, what is the main findings that we have in the previous months in the SDRS? Well, April is a very interesting month. And let's start for persuasion. So the detection of persuasion is falling as expected for this month. But what really calls attention is that it's having some outbreaks of persvirus in different production systems. That's because we found some connection chains to spread the virus along. And the new emerging strain that was the lineage on C variant strain has been more detected in West states west of Iowa and Minnesota states, so it's, there is some activity of that one going on on those regions. When we look for the entire coronavirus, Delta coronavirus and TG are following the trends of lowering the detection for Delta coronavirus or no detection for TG, but what is really interesting is that PD detection is really above expected and that's going on since the end of January. Mm -hmm. And it looks like this is occurring because PD for, uh, finds some ways to find some broke channels in terms of biosecurity of trucking wash or personnel moving across farms and moving off animals around and continues to spread with increased detection over different regions. So we have in the Midwest, in this coast, so is a high level of activity for this agent, agent going on. Mycoplasma hyomone, there was a little bit of increase in detection for the age category adult south farm and seems like that is due because there is more testing going on in terms of preparation for some a herd elimination that's been taking care of some different production systems in the U.S. So that's a, a, a good sign that the industry is moving along for uh, eradicating mycoplasma hyomone in some of the production systems. And this month specifically, we're bringing another agent in the same page of mycoplasma hyomone, that's PCV type 2, porcine psychovirus type 2 detection. And we also did prepare a bonus page explaining those detections over time, and now we are going to keep following that agent uh, on the upcoming months. And for influenza A, we had lots of activity going on at the end of March and the beginning of April, but as we go towards the end of April, that's start to decrease. So it's a good sign mm -hmm. that we are seeing less activity of influenza A. So those are the high-level uh, highlights for the SDRS this month. 
Very good, very good, Giovanni. We keep following that, that information. Just a reminder, so the SDRS, we, we covered, have the data from the, the VDL, so we have algorithms here that will track that data and, and analyze, and we also have the input, which is very important from the, the advisory uh, council group, that field veterinarians and, and producers, that we share the information with them, and we get uh, a really good brainstorming, and we bring this information from you, for you guys. So our first question to, to our special guest, Dr. Dustin Odekoven. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your recent position as a chief veterinarian at the National Pork Board. Can you briefly comment on, on your new role and any milestone project that you would uh, expect to contribute into your new role? Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, join the well-respected swine health team at the National Pork Board. Um, you know, they've done a lot of great work there over the years supporting um, research and uh, just the ongoing development of, of swine health programs. So uh, <clears throat> it's an exciting time to be in the swine industry, and I'm, I'm happy to be there. So a couple of the big topics that the Pork Board has as priorities. Uh, one would be, of course, African swine fever preparedness and prevention and, uh, you know, trying to uh, implement activities in the industry that would help us respond to African swine fever and other foreign animal diseases. And then of course, um, supporting research in areas that, uh, you know, help fill knowledge gaps on uh, ASF um, uh, response. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, 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 depopulation and disposal exercises that are ongoing in, in uh, five different states. Uh, aiding and assisting the industry and, and state animal health officials in, um, you know, actually implementing DPOP and disposal uh, plans. Uh, we've also invested in um, vaccine development. Uh, and there's also an ASF joint working group between the National Pork Board and the, and the MPPC uh, that is uh, prioritizing the needs for ASF response. So the other, so so ASF is, is kind of one of the biggest priorities mm -hmm. right now. The other big priority, of course, is AgView, which is that producer-funded database for swine movement that is designed to give animal health officials access to that movement information in the event of a foreign animal disease. And we're seeing some increased uh, adoption of AgView and and really trying to work with uh, producers and animal health officials alike to make that as useful as it can be. Yeah, those uh, look like very, you know, important and interesting projects to work on. What yeah, would be yeah. taking, t taking advantage of your experiences and perspectives from the different roles you've taken so far? How, what advice do you bring uh, to, to the table to uh, jointly work between the regulatory and industry organizations to, in the benefit of, of animal health? going forward yeah great question yeah and i've been fortunate throughout my career to work with um, uh, producers in the industry uh, diagnostic labs regulatory agencies um, all be all, all on behalf of the livestock industry and uh, of course regulatory agencies exist and have the mandate to protect public health and animal health uh, while being good stewards of, of public resources they have the authority then to safeguard animal health and that's that's their um, their mandate, uh, but industry organizations have a, a partnering role there as well. They can complement the, the technical expertise of the regulatory agencies and um, often bring resources that are necessary to be successful in those efforts. Um, I think also industry is kind of where the boots are on the ground there. 
and livestock industry partners are, are really the ones that are responsible for acting at the farm level to imp implement the strategies that will uh, protect and improve animal health. So um, at the end of the day, it's really important that all of those players work, to, work well together. Uh, it's going to take a, a collaborative and coordinated approach to continue to prevent and prepare for foreign animal diseases. And so um, any anytime we have an opportunity to, to communicate and work together on those uh, projects, I think uh, is really what's necessary there. I've, I've um, really enjoyed participating in the, um, in the U.S. Animal Health Association because I think that organization provides a unique um, way in which uh, regulatory agencies, producers, the industry, um, diagnostic labs, and academia all work together to, to solve complex problems for animal health. So um, those are those are some of the things uh, that are necessary. And then, the, you know, just, um, again, just continuing to, to work together and, and in a collaborative way. It seems like collaboration is a big keyword there, right? Let's work, it, get together and work together. That's right, yes. And, and that's great if you think about collaboration and you look for the SDIS that is a collaborative effort between different VDLs and they work together with the USHA at some part also. It's uh, amazing what we can do when we are collaborate together and look for a end collective goal to provide information, help each other. So that's, I think, yes. that's a key word in between all of those things. That's right. Yeah, very good. Dr. Odkoven can move like to the next question. That is, the current economic burn in the U.S. swine industry comes from the endemic agents. So how could understanding the activity of the endemic agents could help in us to prepare for F FAD outbreaks? Yeah, well, you're, you're right. Uh, while we, you know, we talk a lot about lately about preventing African swine fever virus, we've, we've never had a case here. So it's Um, it's not a current cost to the industry. Meanwhile, we've got diseases like PERS and others that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast here that, that are the, uh, the big draw, the, the cost to the industry. And so, um, I, but I think there are synergies there and, and ge in general, better understanding of, of how pathogens are transmitted and, and how to mitigate those threats to animal health um, have an additive effect on animal health in general. You know, when, when we study uh, endemic diseases, Again, competency in the technologies such as diagnostics, bioinformatics, epidemiology, and other areas that, that continually add to our knowledge and understanding of how we prevent and, and control diseases. So, um, you know, we've got to have people like, like yourselves who are involved in those areas of study who uh, um, are, you know, as I, as I like to say, the smart people, you know, who are going to help us through those, through those issues that uh, we may be facing. So... Um, so maintaining good diagnostic and epidemiologic and, and bioinformatic uh, tools, I think, are, are, are important. And we do that on endemic diseases, but, of course, uh, keep, keep those tools in the toolbox for uh, foreign animal disease response. From a producer standpoint, I think it's important to understand those endemic diseases and how to control those. Because if you can, and, and I encourage producers to develop a relationship with their veterinarians so they can... Um, Uh, develop a um, biosecurity plan that's going to be key to preventing both uh, endemic diseases and foreign animal diseases. And if you practice those biosecurity uh, strategies every day, um, that's going to go a long ways in, in preventing uh, both 
endemic and foreign animal diseases. So the other thing on that note is it's it's good to uh, establish metrics with the veterinarian about uh, uh, mortality, uh, you know, expected mortality and morbidity, uh, and continually submitting samples to a diagnostic lab. So you have that baseline knowledge of animal health on the farm. And, and that's going to, you know, drive the early detection of foreign animal diseases if we have an introduction. And you have been talking about these foreign animal diseases being a priority of the National Pork Board. And if you look for that, we are seeing a lot of foreign animal disease outbreak in other uh, countries. And if you look for the La Española example, we have this African swine fever that is neighboring our country right now. So... In your opinion, how could the U.S. industry get better prepared to rapidly respond to this foreign animal disease event in the unforeseen event of introduction here in the U.S.? Yeah, great, great question. And it'll sound like a broken record, but going back to biosecurity, I think, uh, you know, uh, one one uh, quote that I heard from Juan Lubroth, who was uh, formerly the chief veterinarian of the uh, Food and Ag Organization, said it comes down to biosecurity, biosecurity, and biosecurity, but not necessarily in that order, he said. So, <laughs> you know, it is so important, and it's an easy word to say, but it's it's hard to do well. And I think that's evidenced by ongoing disease outbreaks that we see, you know, endemic diseases that in many cases are, you know, you can trace back to a, a lapse in biosecurity at some point. Um, when you have a, a break of something, you're going you're to find that it comes through at the weakest link of that biosecurity plan. So continually reviewing biosecurity is, is um, an ongoing job. It, it may not be fun and it may not be exciting, but it, it definitely is something that we can, uh, that everybody can do, um, you know, whether we're talking about um, internal biosecurity on a farm or, or external biosecurity of uh, practices to ensure that we're not bringing diseases onto the farm or even at our borders and our ports. Um, uh, there, there are always things that we can do better to improve our mitigation of foreign animal disease coming coming to the farm level. So, so biosecurity, number one. Uh, secondly, I think we can go a long ways in improving our traceability and making that making those movement documents available to animal health officials if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're encouraging everyone to create an AgView account uh, AgView has already been paid for through checkoff dollars, so there's not an ongoing cost to producers to do that. Uh, go to agview.com and create a, uh, a an account and uh, find out how you can uh, start entering your movement data so that it's there in the event that uh, a uh, foreign animal disease needs to be traced back and, and that movement data can be critical in, in either excluding a, a farm from a uh, investigation or ensuring that We've got all of the uh, potential contacts included in a, in a particular trace, so that's mm-hmm. that's really important. And then finally, I think it's important again to, to have a, a routine surveillance plan on each farm, and don't be afraid. I, I you know I think it's important that producers and veterinarians understand that um, it's not a, it's not a bad thing to report uh, uh, suspicious signs to your state or federal animal health officials. Um, many many state and federal animal health officials have been trained uh, in foreign animal disease diagnostic work. Um, they've been to Plum Island. They've seen African swine fever, foot and mouth disease, and others. Uh, but if they don't continually exercise their ability to go out and conduct a foreign animal disease investigation, they lose some of their, their skills that they've been trained to do. 
And it's, it's important to uh, report suspicious signs early because if we want to you know, have the best uh, chance of responding to and recovering from a foreign animal disease, mm-hmm. early detection is going to be key. Mm-hmm. And for and for those factors, like like you said, you don't the best way to get ready for a rapid detection, rapid response is is by using those tools for the endemic diseases, right? So you don't need to wait for an FAD to start using EggView and improving your biosecurity and doing surveillance, right? Those key uh, pillars are you, you got to be practicing those today to be ready. Yeah, yeah, actually, so you can do all of those things today. You can have a, a biosecurity plan and um, you can, there's some resources on securepork.org that will um, guide you through developing a secure, uh, a um, well, secure pork supply plan, but um, which is also a, a good thing to do. But in general, just having a, a biosecurity plan that your veterinarian has helped design. And then, as you mentioned, uh, having an AgView account, everybody can do that now and having that information done ahead of time is is really critical, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Important yeah. to have the three factors that you mentioned, right? The, the biosecurity, the traceability, and continuous surveillance working them together. And I think also the swine industry has have been seeing value on this, right? Because, for example, PD, if we think about people would think that they would have a good biosecurity, but when PD came, we had to improve biosecurity and that helped with PERS. We see we have the SDIS data, for example, uh, increased use of populational samples. People are using mo- mo- monitoring more their farms. Now this uh, traceability, so the AgView tool is a great component. They they all have to work together, right? These three components. That's right. Yep, exactly right. Yes. Dr. Odekoven, our final question uh, for you is, do you want to send any final uh, message to the swine industry, to our audience? Well, it is an exciting time to be in the in the pork industry, and I've uh, enjoyed my brief time with the pork board learning about uh, some of the other uh, areas uh, outside of animal health that are, that are going on, too. Uh, and for example, the pork producers, I think, are leading the conversation right now on sustainability and, mm-hmm. and telling... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, customers and the public how pork producers are committed to continuous improvements on their farms uh, to do more with less. Uh, it's interesting to learn about, uh, uh, you know, like carbon uh, credits and and all of those things that are wrapped into sustainability. So uh, exciting times going on there. And then, of course, just the, um, uh, the great uh, opportunities that are being developed for uh, Uh, marketing pork both domestically and internationally. So uh, a lot of good things going on. And of course, uh, uh, as part of the base of that, uh, uh, protecting animal health uh, is an important job and appreciate what uh, all of you do in uh, in carrying out that role as well. So um, excited to be here uh, in partnership with with, with everyone involved in uh, pork production and animal health. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank thank you, Dr. Odekovic. Very good. It was a great discussion. Thank you, Dr. Deco, for, for joining us today. And that was it, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this special edition that we had. And see you guys next month. Thank you. <laughs>